Welcome to the Wellness Link podcast with your host Ella. And today my friend is Ricky Skiathetis. So I met Ricky back when I was thinking about doing CrossFit and he taught me the basics of Olympic lifting and honestly, he was such a great coach. So should we dive in? We good to go? Yeah, yeah. When you're ready, let's do it. (laughs) So who are you? Who am I? (laughs) (laughs) Just sum yourself up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My name's Ricky Skiathetis. I'm from Melbourne originally. Uh, so I've moved here from uh, Melbourne in, when did I move here? About 2011, I th- uh, 20, yeah, 2011, I think it was. Yeah, you made a move to the dark side, hey? <laughs> no, some would say it's Mexico from Melbourne, but it's Mexico from Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I moved here 2011, but yeah, grew up in Melbourne. I migrated here, I suppose, right. <laughs> because I was in the military and yeah. this is where I was posted. So I was posted out. Oh, the I was going to say, you didn't just move for the good coffee. <laughs> no, no, but I stayed for the good coffee. Um, so that's, that's, that's what made me stay. Um, yeah. But I better not say that because my wife will kill me because I stayed for her. <laughs> yeah. I've owned, well, I've been in the fitness industry for a long time. Uh, I think I started in 20, uh, 2005, actually. It wasn't wow. even a 20. Oh, well, there is a 20 in there, but there's yeah. a 200 in there too. So 2005, I started in the industry. And then, yeah, I've owned a gym. I've been in the military. I used to be a forklift driver. I've done a lot of things. Yeah. I'm a stepdad. I'm a dad. Yeah, so there's How a few, good. few things going on there. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your earliest memory of being fit? Yeah, I was looking at this question. Look, I've always been not fit without knowing it but I've always been around some form of fitness yeah whether that's sport whether that's actually training in the gym Mm -hmm. I suppose the fittest I've probably felt was when look I reckon I was about 18 or 19 and I just was drinking a lot <laughs> as we do. That seems to but be I, like the common occurrence. Yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah. I've interviewed, yeah. mainly a male yeah, <laughs> who was much. fit yeah. and they're like, yeah, we were fit and we were drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I always grew up playing football yeah. um, at AFL. Yeah. Uh, Did you play that from like primary school age? I played that. I started playing when I was like five. Yeah. And like I was playing like grade football, mm. like when I was five. So I didn't <laughs> play like Auskick or anything like that. Yeah. I started the playing like at under nines and and whatnot. Yeah. Um. Because it, I don't think you think Oz kick was a thing when I was growing <laughs> up. It, it sort of was. So I've always grown up playing that, and then started the gym when I was probably about sixteen or so. Yeah. Or maybe a bit later, actually, not till I was about eighteen. But yeah, I started drinking obviously when you're sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. But I always relied on my talent, I suppose, as mm-hmm. as a foot footy player and thought oh yeah maybe you know I will play AFL um and obviously being a pipe dream uh, that would have been great uh, and, and maybe a bit richer now but it was I think it was around sort of 1920 when I really started to go you know what I'm actually pretty heavy and I'm pretty sloppy <laughs> and I think it was pretty known around the club that I was you know let myself go a little bit <laughs> around my local footy club yeah and then I really sort of became pretty conscious about myself it being my body conscious as well because uh, I've always grown up with sort of some body conscious issues and then yeah I you know really just started working on myself and my fitness and probably got to around my fittest um, around that sort of 2021 and then just sort of continued from there and uh, was that when you joined the army as well? No, I actually didn't join till I was like 26. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was 
So 20-ish was really the start of my fitness journey because yep. that's when I started in the fitness industry. Because I started going to the gym and everything, I was like, you know what, I like this. This is cool. Mm. And I knew a mate from like the local leisure centre gym where I used to go. And I was like, how do I do your job? <laughs> and he's like, just go to uni and stuff. Mm. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't really want to do that because I don't think I'm that smart. So that's when the Australian Institute of Fitness started. So it was around that time. So I reckon I was only like, I think they were only like three courses in mm. and I was like very early on. Yeah. Um, back You're in an the, OG. Yeah, <laughs> close to, I reckon. And back when the course was a lot longer than 12 weeks, <laughs> um, it was about eight months, I reckon. Right. So it was like, you know, and you do all your hours and all that type of stuff like you probably still do now. Um, but yeah, it, uh, that's when I started. So it was like t- 2005 um, I started doing that. And that's probably when I felt my fittest, I reckon. Um, And then obviously just continued from there, building up to military and and all the other types of stuff. Do you want to talk about how you got into the military? Where did life change to go and sign up? Yeah. So I suppose, well, I sort of, if we, if we backtrack just a little bit, I I think we, because I really like the gym and everything like that. I suppose uh, it was sort of like a progression to what am I going to do next with my life? I love the gym and everything like that. And then I wanted to be a firefighter because everyone wants to be a firefighter, of course. Um, So I'd sat the test. I'd failed. This was in Melbourne where I, where I'd sat the test because I always wanted to be a firefighter uh, there. And then I failed and it was like, ah, okay. All right. That's upsetting. It's actually really hard to get into. It is tricky. Yeah, for sure. And then I, I thought, well, what else can I do that's going to like get me moving, you know, around, around Australia and get me out of what I'm doing now. Yeah. I feel like I got to a point in my life where not that I was spiraling out of control, but I felt like I just wasn't As you know, you didn't focused have the, or purpose. Yeah, you like, didn't have the life. direction that you would have thought you would yeah, have been on by then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I sort of, you know, I really loved being a personal trainer and like I – you know, being in the fitness industry is great, mm. but I was like, I need a change. Yeah. Um, and then I got, and then I started the application f- uh, for the army. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to chuck it in and let's see how we go. And I did all the U sessions and all that type of stuff. And then I think it was not long after that, when I'd been offered a position, I was army and NARing, I actually got done DUI. Right. So back in 2010, I got done drink driving <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, I'm just a mess right now mm. and I really need to like sort myself out. Do you almost think that was a sign that you needed to change things Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 100%. And I I was like, you know, this opportunity is here and I've got to go and take it. I've got yeah. to go and, you know, I, I've always, like back then I felt like no one really took me seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I've always, like I was personal training and all that and I felt like I was, you know, being a leader, mm. but I also felt like I was a bit of a fake and a phony. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I didn't really feel like I achieved too much in my life mm. at that point. Like I was 25 and I'm like, yeah, you know, I've played footy, you know, my entire life. I've, you know, I'm personal training, which is great. And I love it. I love the people that I work with and yeah. the trains, uh, the clients I train and I really enjoy all this. However, like what have I experienced? Do you feel like you had no purpose? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. It was, it was just more like, you know, I want to get out there and go, all right, let's really, you know, see what I'm made of a little yeah. bit. And really just have a go and see what's out there. And I suppose the army was really appealing. And then obviously once I got DUI, it was really appealing after that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I took on 
Uh, well, I accepted and, and went through the process and then I enlisted in 2011, mm-hmm. um, March 2011, a couple of weeks after my birthday. Yeah. So I turned 26 and then, um, yeah, went off to Kapuka and did all my training. And then after my training, so it was three months of Kapuka, uh, which is your basic training. So yep. everyone does their basic training. And then you go off to your IETs, which is your initial employment training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, I was an infantry soldier. So just shoot them up and mm. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty simple sort of job. Yep. Just see, shoot, crawl and sleep in the dirt. Um, yeah. So that was basically. Did you enjoy that? I loved it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think joining the military really changed me as a person. Mm. I think because of the things that I did just really opened my mind and, you know, just my perspective on life. Yeah. Um, and what's really like what I'm really grateful for and everything like that. Because, you know, when you go overseas and all that type of stuff and, you ser- and you're and you in places where you, you don't really want to be, but yeah, yeah you, you're grateful for the things Do you back feel home like- or wherever. The representing your country was really strong as well. Yeah, I feel proud. Yeah, I feel proud to represent, like, to, to be able to represent my country. Or defend your country, as yeah, they call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it, definitely a, a proud moment for me. But also, I felt proud, you know, f- f- uh, representing my family and my friends as well. You know, even to this day, I I get messages on Anzac Day saying thank you for serving from from mm. friends and family, and it makes me feel really. Yeah, it makes me feel nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's always nice to feel nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And how long did you serve for? I did four years. Okay. So my your initial well, my initial contract is four years in yeah. the job role that I was doing. So I I suppose I sort of got to four years and once the four years were up, a lot of my mates were leaving and a new bunch of people were coming in and I was just like, yeah, I suppose sometimes you know when it's time to move on. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like it was my time to move on. And then you were about 30 then? Yeah. Yeah. I was turning 30, not, yeah, just before. And I did everything I sort of wanted to do while I was in the military. Yep. Um, I deployed overseas. Oh, where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I went to East Timor in 2012, 2013. So I was there over Christmas and New Year's. Yep. And then when we got back from East Timor, we were told, all right, you've got like a couple of weeks leave. So, you know, go home, see your family because then you're going to Darwin for three months and you're going to be uh, MRE. So, you know, ready to, to go overseas to Afghanistan. So got home for two weeks, come back to Adelaide. So I went back to Melbourne, come back to Adelaide, three months in Darwin. And then we went to Afghanistan yep. and we were there for, we were there for just under six months. And okay. the reason for that is, is because we'd already been away for, um, four and a half months in East Timor, mm-hmm. um, and then spent three months in Darwin, mm-hmm. and then spent six months in Afghanistan. So yeah, a long time away from family and friends. Yeah, how does it feel like being away for so long? As in, when you're away fighting, does it feel like it goes quick because you have you're there for a mission and you know what you're doing every day, kind of thing? Uh, yeah, it can become a little bit like Groundhog Day here and there. Yeah. However, yeah, it, it sort of did go a bit quick, I suppose, mm. looking back on it. Um, but then again, everything goes quick when you look yeah, back like, on it hey. yeah that's right <laughs> yeah but yeah you you do somewhat get into a bit of a routine while you're over there yeah you know you do still get downtime like times at the gym and all that type of stuff what For, kind of equipment do they take with them though or they have a setup there uh oh everything 
Really? Yeah, they have had like a full CrossFit gym and everything like that. Yep. We had basketball courts, like boxing bags and everything like that. Yeah, so right. for me, I wasn't doing too many weights. So I would hurt my back in East Timor really mm-hmm. bad. So I had really bad disc bulges in my lower back mm-hmm. and I had really bad numbness down the side of my legs. So not that I was carried through my training at, um, yeah. at, at in Darwin, but I definitely was not 100%. And yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was always on my mind that, oh, geez, if I don't get through this training, I'm not going to make it to yeah. like, a, you know, a sort of goal of mine and that's to be overseas and, and do my job mm. um, because that, that's what I'm doing at the end of the day. That was that was my job. Yeah. Um, it was to fight overseas or, or be on operations. Yeah. And yeah, so I, so I was really dealing with a really bad back. So I didn't do too much training myself. Yeah. I did the most, probably just buys and tries. but More of a, like a rehab kind of thing? In there, a I little think. bit. I was doing a lot of boxing then. Okay. Yeah, so I really loved and enjoyed boxing when I was um, quite younger. I was never really good at it. <laughs> um, but I just really enjoyed the aspect and the discipline around boxing. Yeah. Um, and just like you know, being with other um, boxers in the gym, it was just, yeah, I just loved it. Mm. Um, so I did that before I joined the military. I was doing a lot of boxing. And then, yeah, while I was in, it was just a, 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 not an easy modality to train, but yeah. it was just that, yeah, I know what's good for me and what I can do yeah. um, with my limitations around my back. And, and that's what I did, um, especially when you're going on patrols and whatnot and you're carrying yeah. like – I think I weighed myself once with all my gear on. And I think at the time I was weighing like 80 kilos, but with all my gear on, I was like 115, 120 kilos. Oh so that's like weapon, body armor, um, ammunition, it's uh, like half water, your body weight in. Pretty like much. That. Like it was a lot of weight. And look, I'm probably exaggerating, probably five <laughs> or 10. Because uh, <laughs> we all do, of course. Yeah. Do um, you feel like you were strong though from that daily carrying everything? I think, I think it was more just muscle memory and just repetition. Yeah. So because you you were so ingrained in within you from your training beforehand anyway, yeah. like, you know, through our training we were doing, you know, um, 15, 20K, you know, stomps with our packs on our back and that was like 30 plus kilos yeah. in body, body armor and whatnot and weapons. So I suppose it was just ingrained in you that, yeah, you, you can that's carry what, this and, yeah. and this is what it was. Just part of the job and that's what you have that's to do. That's right. And it's not like we carried it for hours and hours on end. Yes, okay. we had it on the, right. like the whole time when we were out um, doing patrols, but it was always in vehicles. We yeah. were out walking, doing this and that, but it was more just moving around yeah. up and down here and there that would <laughs> really be annoying. So you're like the perfect person to go backpacking holiday because she could pack it up like well, really easy. Well, I, I don't know what it was, but while we were over in Afghanistan, I said to a mate, let's go and do Machu Picchu. And we did one of the trails there. So we did, we came back and did like a little, little like trail walk or whatever. Well, yeah. I wouldn't say little because because <laughs> tracking to Machu Picchu is not little. It, it's pretty – it was five days. But, yeah, I, I feel like we flew through that and yeah. we were waiting for everyone to catch up because we're just so used to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, when and, you do that every day for, like we said, 
while you're away. Yeah, yeah. but we did we did it almost for like four years or at True. least three years anyway. Um, yeah. ongoing. It was always PT in the mornings, mm. do your job, and then just go from there. Um, yeah. I suppose. But yeah. <laughs> what did you feel like you learned out of the army? Like, how do you feel like you changed? Like you were saying before. Yeah, I suppose. Like I said, I looked at the world a lot differently. Okay. When you go to countries like the Middle East and East Timor and you know countries like that where you know, they're, they're pretty much close to third world. Not quite, probably. Um, I could be wrong in saying that. Yeah. But, you know, what they value over there is much different to what we value mm. here. Like when you see kids and all they want from you is a high five, smile and a bottle of water. It's crazy, hey? Because they're, you're, the, wa- the bottle of water that you have is clean. Mm. That's what they value. They yeah. value clean water and a smile. Like, mm. yeah, they value a lot of other things, of course. But, um, you know, just simple things like that that we take for granted every day mm. when we go to the, the tap in the in the kitchen and we've got a pure tap. Yeah. Okay, great. Like, you yeah. know, it's yeah. not that we're entitled to that or, you know, we work towards that. Mm. Great. Um, but we are in a very privileged situation in this country um, where, Crazy you house. know, having a pure tap is like, you know, oh, yeah, it's just an afterthought for us. But even like, the, like drinking water out the tap in Australia, isn't that bad? That's right, yeah. We can all drink water out of our taps mm. over there. No, no I agree. No. I can. I know exactly what you're talking about. I went to India in, I think it was 2018, mm. and the same thing. Like I came back from that month away, yeah. and you appreciate the simple things That's so right. much more. Mm. Like just seeing how the kids are so happy playing in the street yeah, and yeah. just a quick like smile or wave to them. That's right. Yeah. Or even just the adults. Yeah. Just a nice smile and wave to them and you made their day. Oh, 100%. And yeah. um, like even just simple things that you talk about over there and interacting mm. with others and, and yeah, it, it just made me really much more grateful for what I have here. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah, it, it was it was definitely life-changing going to those countries, but also just being in the army in general and just yeah. all the, the values I instilled in myself and and I suppose the hard times that I went through and and the good times and the easy times and, yeah. and everything, I suppose, just the whole sort of experience was just, yeah. yeah. What I, would I'm you really say to a, a kid these days looking to get into the army? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I said to my cousin once, don't do it, you're crazy. <laughs> but for me, I think, you know, seeing what I've seen now being in the military in the role that I'm doing now, yeah, I'm a strong believer in making sure you do something before you go into the army. So like, yeah, so you've got something to fall back on. Okay, I I just believe that our transition process out of the the military is really difficult for a lot of people who have joined so young. Okay. So you think you've gone through school, you've gone through you know primary school, high school. And the only places you've lived is with your parents. You you know, the, the army or the military will teach you how to iron your clothes and do your washing, right? Yeah. However, when you leave and you don't have a Medicare card and you don't even know how to set that up and you don't even know how to set up Centrelink and all this type of stuff, yeah. I, I believe just having those things in place before you join and maybe joining a little bit later, yeah. doing a trade so when you do transition. Yeah, or even doing a trade within the army so you come out. That too, yeah. My so. um, cousin was in the Navy when he was younger. But anyway, he did um, yeah did his electrician yeah. trade while he's in it. So mm. now he's a cop after being in the army, but yeah. he does his electrical yeah, work on his Yeah, I think it just really easy is that transitional phase um, yeah. or that transition phase and knowing 
oh, you know what? That's what I'm going to go back to. Because for me, it was when I was looking to transition, I was like, well, what am I going to do? I even looked at being a hairdresser. I don't even know why, because <laughs> being a barber back maybe like, what was it, eight years ago, was mm. like the in thing coming up. Yeah. But then I was like, you know what? I'll just go back to what I know. And that's the fitness industry. Yeah. So when I was transitioning out, like I was going through the process of getting an ABN, I was getting a business, registering a business name and, and doing all the things that I knew I had to do, but I knew I had to start from the bottom again, Mm. but I knew how to do that. So if you're entering the army and you've already got something behind you, transitioning out, you know the process and then it's from there, all right, what's the next step? I know Mm. where I need to get to and how I can get there. So when I get there, what's the next step? So for me, it was like, yeah, when I transition out, I'm going to start from the bottom again. So that's working on the gym floor again, you know, promoting myself with some personal training. Yeah. yeah, the fitness industry had evolved. However, it's, you know, it, it, I still knew the pathway to take me to where I needed yeah, to be. And that was to be in a position where I wanted to open a gym. And that's where we got to. <laughs> so do you think, just going back to that, you think the army should more be like the police or something where you have to have a bit of life experience before you apply rather than going straight out of school? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. I, I believe that I like the gappy idea. Yes. Give them a taste. Do a, do a year. And I believe that a, a lot of people should be doing that just yeah. to have a taste and just have a go and then come out and go and do something. Yep. Get some life experience behind you because mm. that I feel that that really ease the transition process at the end. Yeah. I know it's really looking downstream, but if we look at it, yeah. when we when we are downstream, we look upstream and we look at, all right, who are we enlisting? And we're, we're enlisting really young people. Yeah. Then, yeah, when we when we get to that transition phase. You feel phase, like the really army isn't a fully sustainable career because of you push so hard for so long? No, I don't think so. I think it is a very good career. Yes. And, and, and many people have made great careers out of it. But, yeah, I it's do get your career. understanding. Yeah, it's, a, it's Military life is a hard life. It's something that um, you it's can It's a young really... person. I say, we all say, a lot of people will say it's a young person's game. Yeah. Because... You know, the, the biggest impact that the military has is on families. Mm. And when you're being moved around the country, and lucky for me, I wasn't, I didn't have a family at the time. So I didn't have to move around the country with yeah. a family and put them, enroll them in schools and stuff like that. So I could only imagine how tricky that was yeah. for those um, people that were, you know, in that situation. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for someone like myself, I just sort of had to worry about myself. Yeah, um, it's just a hard one to say, like to say a career over 50 years, like it's yeah. great over 10 or right. 5 or 10 like yeah, you did. Yeah. But it's kind of like almost being like an elite athlete. And the army is similar. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good while you're... It has a shelf life, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But then you've always got to have something to go on to after. Yeah, I think so. Um, and yeah, why, yeah, and like I said, it always comes back to that transition process and, yeah. and you know, what am I going to do life after the military, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, interesting. So it's always... Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, having something there that mm. you can fall back onto yeah. and go, yeah, I went, to, you know, go into the military and do whatever. And then you go to come out and yeah, this is what I'm going to do now and go on from that. Yeah, um, like And then you can change from there, whatever. There's something not do. like really spoken about or only has been spoken about that afterlife in the last couple of years. Yeah, they're really starting to change it as best as they can. It's a, it's a slow process. The military has yeah. been around for 
ever. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a slow process and a, and a slow transition for the transition, yeah. I suppose, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, and they're always going to be learning and evolving. So, yeah, but it, it does come down to who's enlisting at the end of the day yeah. and when they're enlisting and what skills they have when they're enlisting. You know, if you're enlisting with no skills, yeah, the military will equip you with all these skills. Yeah. But are they transferable to the you know, civilian world, I mm. suppose, when we look at it. Yeah, we can transition into roles like, you know, the emergency services, um, most likely being police. That's very common, uh, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then other defense jobs, because I suppose defense will give you a, a security clearance and that's a really high sort of thing on your, your resume to have. Right. Um, so, so jobs like down on the submarines that we've got, you know, mm. uh, or had in Adelaide do. Yeah. yeah, no, we do. With yeah, we still got them. <laughs> yeah, we so still got through, that big project. Yeah, and then and then other companies um, around that really look for veterans with that, you know, clearance and their skill set as well. And their skill sets, yeah. yeah. So, but you know, that's you know, there's so many ex-military people doing great things in the in the in, in the civilian world. That's for sure. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> hey. Yeah, definitely. So, talking about becoming a trainer when yes. you left yeah. let's talk about run of the mill how yeah. did that start and so that was the gym you started when you left the army right yeah uh, yes and no so okay let's, let's go back <laughs> yeah yeah so as i was transitioning like i said i was doing all my things i was getting the branding going mm -hmm. and that being run of the mill fitness yeah. how did that name come around it's yeah so i know <laughs> I, I was literally just in the car just driving and i was like because I was at the RAF base and mm -hmm. I was living in North Haven. So yep. the drive to North Haven and the RAF base was about half an hour or so. So each day I'd be like, oh, what am I going to call this gym? Like, I feel like the best uh, ideas come while you're driving. Because yeah. like my business, Beyond Fitness, actually came while I was driving as oh, well. yeah, that's right. Turn, <laughs> turn the radio off and just have a Literally. think. Yeah. <laughs> Don't drift off too much, no. but just enough to, to yeah. just, just to be able to have a good think and, yeah. and get some mindfulness going. <laughs> but yeah, literally I was just driving and I was like, oh, what's sort of catchy? What's it? What's got like a really, like a lot, what's got a meaning behind it? Mm. And I know like, you know, run of the mill. Oh, it's just that run of the mill thing. Yeah. And I know it means average. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, I don't want to say the people that joined up run of the mill were average, <laughs> yeah. but it is just average people doing really cool things. Mm. Like we're, you know, and, and that's what we wanted to achieve. We yeah. wanted to, to, you know, have everyday people just, you know, go and. I think it comes back to that community some, thing again. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. Also, yeah, similar kind of vibe because yeah. I was like, well, my fitness like boot camp kind of setup is more than that mm. because half of my members are over the age of 55, 60. So mm. it's their reason to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. They don't have partners anymore or they just, you know, in yeah. divorced or single. Yeah. 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 And it's their reason to get out of bed in the morning, to come to train. But then they go to coffee together as well. Yes. And it's yeah. like... And that's what you want. That's yeah. why it became beyond because we're more than just the classes. Just fitness. Yeah. 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 And us, yeah, exactly the same as run of the mill. I'd... You know, it, it wasn't my like full goal to like train athletes and all this stuff. Yeah. I just wanted to train everyone. Mm. Like, you know, if you want to, you know, do CrossFit comps and all this type of stuff, great. We'll push you towards that. Yeah. However, like that's not the main focus of what we're doing. Yeah. It, it is just, you know, average people doing extraordinary things. Is I that suppose. why you didn't go into a, like an affiliate kind of thing with CrossFit too? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. I, I always... Yeah, it's not that I didn't I, like. I, I enjoy CrossFit, like it was great, yeah. but I always just didn't want to pigeonhole myself just as just CrossFit. Yeah. yeah, I always liked different modalities of fitness. Like, you know, 
my next fitness journey out of the military was actually started with zoo training, which is all body weight fitness. Oh, so wow. like that's where, you know, that all started to evolve and my fitness journey evolved. And I'd seen, you know, over like since 2005, you know, there's been like lots of evolution in mm. fitness, and the sometime full and circle. Mm. But yeah, like back when I started, it was all like Les Mills, Les Mills. <laughs> now it's like totally changed. Yeah. Um, and that's just been the evolution of fitness and will be for the next, you know, Forever. ever. So yeah. yeah, when I started back in the industry, it was like, yeah, I was really really enjoyed zoo training, like body weight fitness. And I really got around that. Um, I was training, yeah, CrossFit. Um, well, I, I was training CrossFit back like the early, early days, days before, it was even before the military, before I even knew it was called CrossFit. Yeah. Like I was doing Cindy like every second day <laughs> without even knowing it was called Cindy. I was just like, oh, this is a cool workout. And the 300 workout, I'd do that every Friday. Mm. And this was like 2009. And CrossFit was only like very early coming on and yeah. like very early yeah. days. Yeah, I was literally doing those workouts weekly um, with, with weight vests. Like I'd just have a weight vest because for a period of time, I didn't have my license because mm. of DUI. Obviously. <laughs> um, but like I'd ride my bike to the gym mm. because I was working at the gym and I'd do Cindy and then I'd leave my bike there and I'd run home with my weight vest on <laughs> <laughs> still from how I'd done Sydney and train clients. So like that was my mindset back then yeah. going into the military. So for all the people who aren't into CrossFit, what's Cindy the workout? <laughs> so it's a 20 minute ham wrap, five pull-ups, 10 push-ups and 15 squats. Yeah, that's a good um, one. But I would always, because I didn't know kipping. I didn't know what kipping was. So I was, doing, I was doing strict pull-ups. <laughs> and... Um, like, but I was always alternating between pull-ups and chin-ups. So I, that might have been cheating, but I oh, don't well. know. Yeah, I don't care. Who cares back then? No one was uh, <laughs> you had your own no, Yeah, I didn't have you any judges. You were the judges. OG CrossFitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of <I> was... Australia. <laughs> Before you people like James yeah, Newbury came along. Yeah, look out. Look out, Rob Port. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I didn't even know it was called CrossFit. I was just doing these workouts because they yeah. were like, you know what, that's – looks tough and I'll just give it a crack and yeah. then just continue to do that. And then obviously, yeah, CrossFit evolved from there over those years. And people in the military, it was, it was well within the military that people were doing CrossFit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was doing that like years ago. Like, yeah. <laughs> only catching up now. No, You're a trendsetter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, finally. <laughs> finally. So, yeah. So, yeah, I suppose back to, to being an affiliate, it was – yeah, I, I suppose, again, I just didn't want to just, I suppose, go down that lane. I yeah. wanted to stay in my own lane and do my own thing, even though, you know, we were very influenced by CrossFit, I yep. suppose. I wouldn't say we were predominantly CrossFit. I would just say we were influenced by CrossFit. Yeah. Um, and so when did Run of the Mill start? Yeah, so like I said, I was I was training just out of gyms. I started just at a local gym. It was actually called Vibe Fitness over at Parafield Gardens. Oh, yeah. so I was doing some PT out of there. And then I was working on the gym floor at the fitness hub at yes. the Adelaide Uni. I used to work there. Yeah, yeah. yeah good. Um, so I was working there at twenty in 2015. Okay, uh, so I was there all maybe 2016, 17. Yeah, And right. then I think I left 2018. Yeah. 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 So good. Yeah. So good. Um, working with Kwame. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like the size like... of his thigh, but um, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. He used to like put me on the leg press and yes. make me could do like so. It was like do 10 reps at one weight. Then he would like stack on 20 kilos on yeah. each side. Then it was like do another 10 reps. And then he would just keep loading. Yeah. And then it was up until your max that he would just keep going, like keep loading until you literally couldn't push anymore. Like ten, <laughs> it was, I reckon it was 10 reps. 
And then anyway, as soon as she start, couldn't start pushing, pushing anymore, he'd go to five reps. Yes. And then all of a sudden you'd have to deload. And then he'd just like whip them all off and he's like, just push until you can't push anymore. <laughs> and then no joke, you'd get off and then you literally would walk around. Well, you couldn't walk. No, like, you'd roll, and and I, crawl around or roll was, or do oh, whatever you could, slug around quads. for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was probably my quads were the biggest back then when I was training oh, well, with him. <laughs> look, I'm not surprised because if you look at his quads, they're like twice yeah. the size of just me. Oh, I just remember that. Oh, that oh. was the greatest leg oh, press machine yes, ever that's so good i remember from then i was training like so many pt clients i used to put so many people through oh, that time yes I <laughs> so love this that. is the kwami workout yeah 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 i love that <laughs> yeah so i worked at the fitness hub for like a couple of years and mm. uh, so i used to work there i used to work at their weight campus as well which yes, is like I did the, yeah that little gym oh <laughs> and like, the big um, i was so quiet there i was like oh. Yeah, it was so good, good though. It was good it's fun. The three-hour shift, you used to literally clean the place and then it was yeah, done. Yeah, that's right. But I suppose that come back to me in my mindset going, you know, I know where I need to start from mm. and that's not saying that that's the bottom, yep. but it is sort of the bottom of the tree when we're looking at it. Yep. But at the same time, it's the base. Mm. Like so many people just want to be here. Like yep. oh, I know you guys can't see that, but they want to be at the top. <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, and they want to start from the top and go, oh, I want to, you know, go go above everything else, what's going on. Yeah. But they miss so many more steps before mm. that. And that's building that base. And it just comes back to our fitness. Yeah. Like if we're not building that base, but we want to do all these sexy movements, yeah. well, you're just going to injure yourself and yeah. you're going to burn out and whatnot. And that's what people are finding but in I the PT industry, I feel. You're the same thing, the base, but also base knowledge as a trainer. That's right. You've got to yeah. have that base knowledge and work up. Yeah. in your knowledge to be able to train oh, yeah, people sure. to get to that level yeah, as right. well. Yeah, and it's also the hum you know being humbled by the experience yeah. and and going through the industry like mm. you know an apprentice starts from the bottom. Yeah. You know, they they go and grab the coffees, they go and you know yeah. wheel the wheelbarrows and do everything that not the boss the doesn't do. Yeah. But you start from the bottom and that's mm. how the fitness industry should be. Yeah. Um, you know, just because you've got this amazing body doesn't make you the best trainer in the world. No. Um, you know, actually when I was learning my Cert 4, there was this guy who we had for a couple of sessions come in and teach us. He was mm. the biggest man you've ever met. <laughs> and he was honestly the best trainer. Yeah. He was like an Olympic weightlifting coach and all this stuff. And yeah. you would look at him, if you saw him in like the supermarket, the street, you'd yeah. be like, that guy probably has an office job doing nothing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He but was yeah, so intelligent <laughs> and such an amazing trainer. Yeah. So I 100% agree yeah. you can't judge a trainer by what they look well, like. Well, that's right. And I think, yeah, it comes back to that not every athlete is going to be a good coach either. Correct. You know, so um, just because you're, you know, this fantastic athlete, it doesn't yeah. make you the, a good coach. So, yeah. yeah, starting from the bottom again and building that base and, you know, really just uh, getting myself well entrenched I suppose in the Adelaide fitness industry, yeah, because that's obviously going to be different to the Melbourne one and the Sydney one. Mm. Um, Melbourne and Sydney are probably more evolved, but <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got more quite, money to put. But into yeah, it. There, yeah, and there's more more people. Um, True. Yeah. However, it was just getting entrenched in Adelaide again and getting to know people. Um, yeah. Working at the fitness hub was great because mm. I got to know people, and you know, like like we just spoke about Kwame, like well mm. regarded in the Adelaide fitness community, mm. if not. Australia and the world. Yeah. Um, so it was just getting involved in the industry, um, training and, and meeting people. I was training out of you know, some different gyms and stuff like that. Mm. So really just getting around. And then I was wanting to open a gym, but I didn't have all the funds in the world to open it. I had yeah. money there. And then I met, <laughs> yeah. And then I met 
someone who was opening a gym uh, in Highmarsh. You know, he was looking for someone to help him out, you know, looking for a trainer to help him out and run classes. And yeah, I reached out to him and said, hey, like I'd be keen to jump in and, and you know, do some PT and help you out some classes. He's like, yeah, great. So his name was Rob, um, Rob Size. Yes, yeah, yeah I remember him. So he was opening up his gym. He's like, yeah, you know, we're actually opening, you know, next week. Um, we're just doing some renovations and stuff like that. So, yeah, I sort of just started from there. I started PTing there, running classes, um, which I was programming as well at the time. So we were sort of working together. And then I just really loved it. Like I loved group fitness. I was never really – I was all about PT, one-on-one and, and gym instructing. But being in the fitness industry early on, it was never really – like I was never really around group classes. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day I used to do – kidney gym and all that type of stuff i used to train over 55s like that were my classes that is my favorite yeah yeah i would think it was called uh coda like council of the aging that's what it was called (laughs) like Like back in yeah that's what they're like and but that was like again that was so humbling because I just talk to them the whole time yeah. and get to know about their lives. So good. Um, and I you just like, learn so much out of them. Mm, and you learn you so know. much about them, which helps you train them. Yeah. I used to teach like an over 55 class on like a Friday lunchtime yeah. and it was so good. We'd play bicep curling and I'm just like, imagine the weight to a plate with a piece of cake on it yeah. and then you're giving it to your <laughs> yes. mouth. But I had yes. them in stitches that they were yeah. like getting an ab workout That's while great. training their That's arms. so good. It's so good. That. I love that. So yeah, so it sort of just went from there. And then I, um, we got to a point where I felt like, you know, we could really take the gym to the next level. Yep. So I was like PTing out of the gym, running my own like little brand there, run of the mill fitness. The gym was called Size Fitness at the time. Yep. I was working at the fitness hub and, you know, I was doing a fair few things here and there, you know, running PT at the park, do, doing yeah, a, a, doing a bit. Life of a trainer. <laughs> yeah, life of a trainer, like just the norm sort of stuff. And yep. then I, I said to Rob, look, let's make a go of this and, you know, let's join. And we did. Um, and that's what we did. And then we're like, all right, well, what branding are we going to go with? And we just felt like Run of the Mill was sort of the stronger brand out of yeah. the two. And just, a, just sort of a bit of a fresh change, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So. I invested in the gym. We became partners. And when then was the rebrand? What year was this? It was 2016. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, 2016. So we started then. That's when we started rebranding. So I'd only been back in the industry for about a year, I reckon. Yep. So, uh, and then, yeah, we started building towards that. So we changed a few things, obviously, mm-hmm. added more classes. Is this when you put the murals on the walls as well? Uh, that came a little bit later. Yep. So I suppose the big things were when we started were getting more equipment. We needed more equipment, adding some more classes, and then just building the membership base. Yep. So that was that were the main sort of the goals there. Mm. And that's what we achieved over the next year or so. And then we started to make some cosmetic upgrades as we went yeah. along. And at that time, I was still... You know, I think I just sort of like towards maybe 17, mid 17, I finished at the fitness hub, but I was also working at F45 as well we on the side. We must have like literally yeah, maybe just shut missed, doors yeah, at the yeah, same time yeah, as it. Maybe yeah. I took your job. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> but yeah, I was also working at F45 just to make money on the side as yeah. we were still reinvesting in the gym, obviously, um, because at that point you're not really taking a wage, yeah. if any. Um, you're just putting it all back in to, yeah. to keep building. So I was working at F45 on the side making making um just you know money to live with mm. with my myself and my partner at the top uh, well my partner now my wife <laughs> <laughs> and the kids of course um so yeah so and then it just started to evolve from there i suppose we we were doing a few different mo- modalities of training including zoo and anchor yes yes crossfit strength and conditioning so we're really sort of a well-rounded gym yeah. um, and our program was you know 
it, it sort of evolved over time as well. So we added lots of different things in. Especially um, being in such a like inner city, you were in such a good location mm, as well. Yeah, where... yeah. And then, yeah, I think we got to the end of 2017 around that or, yeah, sort of mid-ish. And Rob and I were just sort of not going down the right path, like yeah. same pathway. Yeah. So, I, you know, it, it just happens. I reckon I, we met I, probably mid-2016 because I was training my cert for with a girl who knew Rob and yeah. some reason I came to your gym to have something to do with, oh, maybe it was like the herbal life thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I think that's when we met. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, I remember then, yeah. that kind of time when yeah. you were set up together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was great. Like mm. we were running some really cool stuff. I remember seeing it. I was like, this is a yeah, sick Yeah, like, I think we setup. did some really cool like open nights and stuff like that where we had a Dave Tabane down, pal. Yeah. I don't know if you remember him, but yeah, he he'd popped in and and we did some challenges here and there. And mm. Yeah, it was it was really cool. And then obviously, once Rob and I had split and went down separate pathways, then we obviously I needed more trainers and stuff like that. So yeah. we sort of just continued to evolve from there. Yeah. And then the next few years were yeah, they were great. You, you know, we were competing in CrossFit competitions and and being up there and just really enjoying gym. And community yeah. and everything like that, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> what a vibe. Yeah, I know. You honestly had such a vibe, gym that I always thought that, like, if I lived closer, I'd, like, wish I, that was my gym to go and train up. But it just, like, never worked out where I was, like, living and yeah. working and training. Yeah. But No, I appreciate yeah. that. that. It was is... always, like, the Instagramable gym of Adelaide. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I really, yeah, I really appreciate that. And um, it's nice to hear, you know, great feedback yeah. from what we had achieved. And you know, I suppose moving forward in probably this podcast because we'll talk about it. But I'm really proud of what I achieved second round in the fitness industry. But <laughs> you know, I, maybe that. maybe there'll be a third round. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Selling the gym. How did yeah. you come to the idea of that? Oh, look. If we're if we're talking about you know things that change the momentum of your trajectory. Yeah. And back in the day, that being me, you know, going on my you know, fitness journey, as yeah. we spoke about starting in the fitness industry and then again, changing the trajectory to going into the military. Mm -hmm. I suppose COVID was that next sort of, you know, hit, yeah. you know, uh, in, the, in that trajectory. And that really opened my eyes again um, to what was sustainable for myself, my wife and my family moving forward. Yeah. So once COVID hit, I was like, oh, geez, like, you know, yeah, we all just went, what are we going to do? Well, we, and yeah, then we all was... shifted and did whatever we did. So and Millie, then... on the last episode, exactly the same mm. thing. She was a trainer at like many gyms mm. and yeah, same thing. That's this right, yeah. It's interesting how nobody could have planned for that year or that like two or three years no, of changes right. in the fitness industry and yeah, how it really but, changed but everybody's. Like, but like great people that, you know, we are in the fitness industry, mm. we adapt really well. Yeah. And those people that adapted quickly went straight onto online and, yeah. they, you know, we, we were renting out, you know, at, we, we turned into a fitness rental <laughs> company or, you know, yeah. that's, that's what we were basically trading under. So we still have members mm. um, that continued or those who could, you know, still had jobs and all that type of stuff because yeah. obviously, you know, things went quite south quite mm. quickly. Um, but looking back now, we're like, oh, maybe we should really – really need to do that. Uh, yeah. But did you go onto online me. and do some Zoom classes? Yeah, we did. We didn't really do too much Zoom because I, I don't know, it, it just wasn't, you know, us, I suppose. Yeah. But 
you know, we were still well connected within the community and like every gym probably has is their secret Facebook groups and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So we're well connected through that. Um, everyone had equipment from the gym. We just like had different packages, yeah. like, you know, here's a strength package, here's your um, fitness package, like, and, and stuff like that. So, so smart. and then I, I just, we just programmed, you know, I just programmed four different programs or whatever, yep. like body weight, a strength one and, and whatnot um, to suit all the different packages. Yep. And then we sort of just went from there. Obviously, I had a lot more time on my hands. But at the same time, we had kids at home too that were going through school still. Yeah. Like we had our eldest one was doing year 12, oh, right. which is, you know, it, it's so crazy because, you know, year 12 is supposed to be the the best time of your life almost. Oh, yeah, almost. it's the same. I was in my final year of university. Yeah. And so... It's supposed to be like the greatest time. Like, yeah, yeah I'm in my last year. I'm pumped. Like, mm. I've just done the hard yards. Yeah. And then COVID hit. And you know what? Like, you know, you're stuck on Zoom classes and all that. But again, I suppose that takes us back to the military where it's like, you know, you've got to be grateful. We can still do this stuff, you know, because yeah. some people just can't. Mm. So, yeah, so we, we changed to that. And, yeah, we, we didn't do too many Zoom classes. Um, we did a few here and there, yeah. but not heaps. Um, and but we did similar. Yeah, we literally maybe did two or three a week just to keep everybody, yeah. like, together and communicating. Yeah. It was a time where I actually rebranded from Step Into Life to mm. be on because they had just gone under. Yeah, And yeah, so similar, yeah. I just didn't charge anyone. I was like, I'm going to run them so we'll all just stay together and talk. Yeah. And yeah. then as soon as we can get back out into the park, yeah. we'll be there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think we're doing – I think the only thing I was sort of doing was like I'd, in the morning I'd film a warm-up. Okay. So like I'd just post that on our community group yep. and it was just me. Like I'd introduce a class. <laughs> but, hey, guys, like, you know, today, you know, I'm going to take you through your warm-up today. Um, so then they saw someone. And then we'd spread it out through the coaches. So it was like, you know, Leo's turn next and then Maddie's and then Jake's turn. So they'd all so still smart. see our faces and doing that. So yeah. we just made a bit of fun with it's it. back to the human connection though. That's like, right, yeah. yeah. And that was the big thing. And I suppose through that period, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, mindfulness was a big thing. Um, moving was a big thing mm. because we didn't want to, you know, just be stagnant in our houses yeah. and then connecting as well was a huge part of that yeah. uh, and making sure we were reaching out to each other and Absolutely. reaching as many people as we could. Yeah. Um, not just giving each other toilet rolls. But no, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. So, but it, it made me think, all right, well, if this isn't sustainable and this can just happen like that, mm. you know, what's something, you know, that I can do to change, I suppose, or not foolproof, you know, a, a new career, yeah. but like what's the next pathway for, for me? Mm -hmm. um, so I suppose that the that implanted the idea of me transitioning out of the gym at some stage. Yep. So I actually jumped online. I was like, oh, what can I do? And then I found the military academy or academic pathway program. So it's called MAP yep. um, because the military like to like, you know, <laughs> what is it? Anagram everything. Or, yeah. Just like, yeah. Shorten everything. So I did that. And that was like, I think that was like a, a month course and it was all online. So basically that course got me into uni. Oh. Yeah. So it was like a free course, yep. like a free pathway into university studies. Mm -hmm. So I got into health science yep. at Flinders and then from there, I was like, because I wanted to be a paramedic or uh, it's a goal of mine to be a paramedic. Yep. So when I was uh, back to the military, uh, I was a combat first aider. So we'd done like a lot of advanced trauma courses. You so would have seen like, a lot as well, right? Yeah. So like, you know, dropping IV lines in and administering morphine, like I knew how to do all that. Mm. Like that was just 
you know, we were doing that uh, on a regular basis through yeah. those courses. So that really spiked my interest in that field. And then when COVID hit and I was doing like working out, I'm like, oh, you know, that that's a really cool, like a really good job. So I thought, you know what, let's see if I can get there. And yeah, I did. And I did like through 21, was it 21? Yeah, 21. I did uh, a year of paramedicine while running in the gym. We had our little one. So <laughs> I was studying, running a gym, and we had a newborn plus three kids. Uh, my wife works shift work, <laughs> uh, and we we're doing, and I was doing PT out of the, at home and as well. Garage, yeah, yes. and I would say so we had a lot going on. So yeah, so yeah, so that's when I started uh, studying and stuff like that. And some so. would say you were living the dream. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, you've been running the garage setup for a while because I was training yeah. with you 2019 just before I went to Europe. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. before COVID. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I suppose. Yeah, again, it was just like, yeah, you know, you, you want a garage gym just to go out there and do whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously COVID hit. I'm like, oh, lucky I set this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your garage gym actually inspired my garage oh, gym. Oh, yes, how good. I'll oh. show you it after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, um, cool. And, uh, and the garage gym's obviously evolved since I've closed the gym and added <laughs> a few a pieces. Now? Yeah. No. It was always so good though yeah, with it. what you had. <laughs> I love it, I love it. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, that sort of just – kickstarted that next uh, or implanted that idea that at some stage I will mm. end up selling the gym and moving on from that. And so it was this year you sold the gym? Yeah, so it was this year in June that I sold the gym. And no, I'm not a paramedic. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. So I did put my studies on hold. That 21 year was crazy. Mm. Mentally, it was really fatiguing. I got to a point at the end of the year where I was like, you know, I'd passed I'd failed one subject and I think that just really clicked in my mind that, you know yeah. what, I'm really just spreading myself so thin at the moment yeah. between everything that I need to take a year off because if I want to close the gym, I need to put it in the right position to mm. be, you know, well, sellable, I yeah. suppose, um, because I didn't want to just close it. I wanted someone to take it over and go because I like what is there is like it, it's amazing like yeah. it's it's almost magical mm. like i know it's like we said, yeah. yeah disney disney pixar but it, it was a, magical like it was, it, was so. it was great like and i wanted that back there again yeah. and i wanted to get it to a point where someone could take it and go yeah let's make it that place again yeah i just yeah so i put my studies on hold and then went back into putting everything into the gym again because everything had sort of fallen a bit. Obviously, mm -hmm. my priorities had changed. Yeah. And then I went, no, nah, we've got to put more back into the gym and do this. I did that for about six months. <laughs> and then I started with RSL Care, the role, the, the organization I'm working with now. But I felt I still got the gym to where it needed to be. And then when I started with RSL Care, which was, uh, I think it was around July uh, last year, so yeah. 2022, that's when it was like, all right, the, the gym will be sold, you know, it's just when mm -hmm. and who. Yeah, I was looking, well, not looking, it was just like sort of waiting for the right moment and the right people to, to take it to over, in, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, yeah, and run with it. And then something clicked in my mind that, hey, I know V2 has a gym around the corner. Yeah. Would they be willing to expand? And lo and behold, they did, which was great. You know, Dan and the team were great and their style of training is, you know. Not that uh, much different. Not that much different. A lot more CrossFit specific. Our programming had changed over time. So we probably changed a lot more into, you know, almost like functional bodybuilding, I suppose. Mm. So a bit more, I don't know, sort of user friendly for the body maybe. But that's what 
you know, I enjoyed doing, so that's what I programmed and yeah. people enjoyed doing it. So yeah. that was great. I, mm. I love that. So yeah, so V2 very much CrossFit focus, which is great. Mm. Um, so I knew that the people that would stick on would really elevate their training. And I knew that Dan and the team would take that place and invest the money and the time into really, you know. What it needed. Yeah, what it needed. So yeah. I think the process took a few months for us to do everything and then announce everything. And, yeah, we, we ended up changing changing hands and having a good farewell on, yeah. uh, in June. And I have um, to ask, though, how did you feel when they painted it all black? And went over the top yeah. of the murals. I honestly was so sad for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, all, all the mirrors came down. and Yeah, yeah I don't know. It was, it was a bit surreal. Like yeah. you're walking like, whoa, all right, this is happening. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was just different. And that yeah. went along with all the change. But I was happy. I was happy to see the change and happy because I suppose, you know, the, the V2 team, they were coming in with, an idea and an intention that this is yeah. what we're doing and this is how we're going to elevate. So it was awesome to see that they came in and started doing that and they mm -hmm. hit the ground running, not waiting to go, oh, yeah, he's out now. I've got a couple of hours. Let's do this. Yeah. They were really just like, yeah. Yeah, and I was more than happy for that to happen because I wanted them to be involved in the transition as much as anything with yeah. our members and the community. So then, yeah, everything sort of just flowed on from there. And that's what happened over a few weeks. Did a lot of your members stay on to follow on to uh, me To well? be honest, I haven't followed up too much. <laughs> I think I've just been just well entrenched in what I'm doing yep. and focusing on myself and my family. Yep. Not selfish, but that's just you what know what I've happen. chosen to do now. Yeah. But yeah, I, I believe there's been a few that have left, but it was never in the contract that everyone had to stay. Yep. Um, everyone's up, you know, they can make their own choices and go yeah. from there. But yeah, it, I've seen lots of faces on the social media, which is great. I follow the social media and and, and I get jealous and, <laughs> and I'll get down there one day, but it's just not my time at the moment. So Fair yeah, and, and they're doing their thing. It's great to see people are, are, are killing it and it's yeah. cool. Yeah. Back to what you're doing now. What's your role? And let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah, so like I said, I've, I've been doing it for now nearly 18 months uh, and I work with RSL Care South Australia. So they predominantly do, well, they own residential aged care facilities. So being in Myrtle Bank, Murray Bridge and Angle Park and they own a lot of uh, retirement living units. So the program that I run is called Andrew Russell Veteran Living. So it's home, uh, we provide housing accommodation or accommodation for uh, homeless veterans. Yep. So emergency accommodation and affordable accommodation. Yeah. We have, I like, so I'm the program manager of that program. So basically homeless veterans is an issue. Homelessness in general is an yeah. issue. So I suppose us being able to look after our own, I suppose, which is always something I wanted to do. It was always, I wanted to be in the veteran space somewhere, yeah. somehow. And this job just like came up out of nowhere, you know, 18 months ago and yeah, we're able to provide emergency accommodation for those who are just, you know, really down and out on their yeah. feet and they need transitional pro uh, accommodation mm. for a short period of time while we set them up with different services, um, mental health services, drug and alcohol services, yep. financial services, whatever they sort of need and wrapping them around. Yeah. Support them into our short-term accommodation, which is fully furnished, and then set them up. So we're the bricks and mortar. So we our 
focus is to set them up for, a, you know, have them tenancy ready and set them up for a long-term sustainable accommodation. Yep. You know, that's our really our, our main goal and what, what we want to achieve yep. um, and then help them with their services and, and whatnot around that. So, yeah, we're, we're able to provide, you know, a roof for a homeless veteran, those living in unsuitable accommodation, um, those at risk of homelessness um, in all different types of scenarios. What an interesting job. <laughs> yeah, it's quite unique. Like, okay, so I run the program and I'm the only person that runs it. <laughs> and I have my CEO um, who oversees everything, of course. And we're the only service in SA that has this type of service. Well, yeah, I what is, was going to say, I haven't really heard anything no, like this before. Yeah, and I've said that to people, like people who have said, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. It's like, well, have you been looking for it? No. Yeah, yeah. So if you're not looking for it, you're not going to find yeah, it. that's true. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, people who would be like, oh, I didn't even know that existed. Well, you haven't been looking for it because you haven't needed to, but yeah. it's there. And all these services are there when you need to look for them. Yeah. Um, and that's why we exist. You know, there was a gap and that gap needed to be filled. And that's what we've done. Yeah. Uh, the program started back in 2015. And then the units we bought over in Sturt, which are our emergency accommodation units. So 10 units over there were purchased in 2016. And we've had 200 veterans sleep under our roof. Wow. And we've had up to or just under 23,000 nights of accommodation. So, we're really proud of that. That's crazy. Uh, really good. proud that we're able to provide that for yeah. our for veterans and and homeless in general. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, everyone comes from different walks of life. So everybody has a story. They do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, so the, the average age we have is around sort of that. 49-ish, so left or right of that. Yep. Predominantly males, um, and that's not just because there's, you know, no homeless females out there, but if we look at the, I suppose, the military in general, you know, there's more males in the, the yeah. military when there, than there is females. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's so interesting. <laughs> it is, it's pretty crazy. So yeah. the thing with homeless veterans is uh, we're, we're not like a state issue either. Um, we're a federal issue or yes. a national issue because yep. – you know, veterans are Australia-wide, like, you know, there's a veteran in every state. So, yeah, so, you know, there's different organisations doing their own thing in different states mm. that we collaborate with okay. and we work with as well. Yeah. So, you know, um, Queensland have the Salvation Army, New South Wales has RSL Life Care, um, and then you've got Victoria who has Vasey RSL, yeah. um, and they're building a V-Centre, um, which they're calling it. All different models because, you know, Different ways of living in different states, of course. Yes, um, yeah, of course. And they're going to deal with different issues. Definitely some similar issues, but yeah, every case is unique. Um, yeah. And our main goal is, yeah, like I said, to get them into long-term sustainable housing. Yeah. Yeah. God, such a like a quality job that knowing that you're making such a difference on people's lives. Yeah. People are like, is it rewarding? And yes, it is. It is. And like we spoke about earlier, you know, it. You know, the main goal in the fitness industry and all these industries here is helping people. Yeah. Um, I suppose I'm just a veteran helping other veterans. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I find that rewarding. Yeah. I find that, you know, yeah, we're getting them into, you know, housing and everything, mm -hmm. but I'm doing what, what I'm meant to be doing and that's helping, still helping people yeah. um, and guiding people. And there's a lot that goes into the role. Mm. Um, it's not just housing. You know, I, I got to make sure I've got a thick skin with a lot of things. Yeah, that's just the top of the hill with the housing. Yeah, and, 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 and if we look at what makes up a homeless veteran or, or homelessness in general, there's a lot of mental health issues in there. So mm. dealing with a lot of mental health. Um, that was actually going to be my next question is what yeah. is the importance on fitness of, on mental health? Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's <laughs> huge, obviously. Yeah, yeah like 
when you walk down to someone's room or unit and, you know, the blinds are drawn and you're withdrawn and isolating yourself yeah. from the world, you know, putting up those blinds can make a big difference. Mm. Um, even just direct sunlight makes a big difference. Yeah. But fitness in general over the years for me, it hasn't always just been a release, I suppose. It's always been something I've just enjoyed doing. It's never been just a chore. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely, yeah, mental health-wise, it, it, it has been – yeah, definitely a priority to get it done, along with a lot of other things, I suppose. Yeah. Do you yeah. encourage like the veterans that you look after to go out for like a walk yeah. or get moving as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. We live, we're so close to the beach as well, so oh, it's like get to, you know just get down for a walk along the beach, yeah. and, and it doesn't have to be the hardest session in the world mm. or anything in general. It could just be as simple as yeah, like we said, a walk. But yeah, definitely trying to encourage them to do something other than sitting on their hands and just waiting for something to come to them. Yeah. Uh, so because nothing's going to be achieved that way. Yeah, um, exactly. And your mental health is just going to keep declining uh, if you're not working on yeah. you know those things uh, and what you can control yeah. i suppose it comes down to you know what you can and can't control if you can't control that this is happening well don't put all your effort into it put your effort into what you can control and yeah. that is getting out and going for more walk or you know it, it could be as simple as you know just doing something in the unit while you're there um but yeah do something that you can control yeah <laughs> Control the controllables. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose that's the most famous saying. Yeah. <laughs> Other than run of the mill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Let's go on to the five tips for new trainers since oh, we yeah. were kind of going on about that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could give, you kind of gave tips for the army. Now let's go back oh, to yeah. the trainers. <laughs> <laughs> Got tips for everyone. <laughs> it's a point of a podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 hopefully. Um, yeah, I suppose uh, for me, my five tips Invest in people, yep. um, uh, you know, just invest in, you know, in, you know, when you're there and you're training someone, invest in that person, mm. like put your phone away. Like don't be that trainer who sits on their phone while you're training someone. Yeah. Invest in that person because they're investing in you. And I suppose that leads me to my next one, which is focus on what you're doing and, you know, uh, who you're training. Yeah. You know, they're paying good quality money for for you and your, you yeah. know, your guidance and your leadership and everything like that. So make sure you're focusing all your energy on that person, mm. not what's going on in your phone <laughs> yeah. um, and what other, what distractions you have in your life. Because, you know, we, we all talk about these masks that we wear and, and all these, you know, things, um, you know, be vulnerable at times, um, mm -hmm. but focus all your energy on that person yeah. um, and get a good understanding of that person. Again, Make it fun and purposeful. <laughs> yeah. You know, have some fun in there, you know, fun workouts and all that type of stuff, but yeah. obviously have a purpose to it. Don't just go out with the idea that I can, sm I'm just going to smash this person. Don't do the Kwame leg press. Yeah, yeah, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but do it. <laughs> Shout out to Kwame. Um, but, you know, I, th I suppose for me, I, you know, with, uh, programming for so many years you know we know we can smash people mm. it's not hard to smash someone yeah but you know it, we want to make sure that it's purposeful at yeah. the end of the day and that we're training people for longevity and and long term so mm. we don't want to just go yeah we're just going to smash you today <laughs> because you know you can smash someone yeah it, it, that's the easy part it's just like, if they will return after the smash yeah yeah that's right yeah, and if you train Kwame's leg session <laughs> maybe not know your shit <laughs> You know, don't just do something because you saw it on Instagram and just sort of Oh, look. that annoys me so much. Yeah, legit. The trainers saying that, especially a lot of Pilates people at the moment. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. they'll 
I'd be like, oh, I saw this amazing move on Instagram and I was like, oh. Yeah, maybe try it first yeah. and then give it to the person. But just know know your stuff. Mm. Like, you know, don't just go make up anything and just be like, yeah, here you go. And mm. then just, yeah, go from there. But just know your shit. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the last one would just be patient. Be patient yeah. with business. Don't rush it. Like mm-hmm. I said, when we were talking about you know, the fitness industry and where I started, you know, be patient, build from the bottom, you know, do the groundwork and yeah. then start to, to go from there. Be patient with your clients and understand your clients. I feel like, you know, as in, as a PT and I've been a PT when I was single and I've been a PT when I've been married and yeah. had kids and all this type of stuff, as a single PT, oh, what do you mean you don't have time? Compared to a married PT with four kids, mm. Yeah, you know you've got haven't got time sometimes, okay? But be when you're a PT and a single PT, have an understanding of that. So understand where that person's coming from yeah. and understand what happens in their life. Mm. Um, yeah, they've got, you know, a few kids or, you know, their job is, you know, is 12 hours a day. So, mm. yeah, make it, you know, if you are programming or, you know, training someone, make sure, you know, it suits their schedule yeah. not your schedule and mm. what you want you know out of your program yeah. it's all about them yeah like they're the ones that are paying for your service mm. so make everything about them not you and your ego yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but just understand their needs and their background yeah um i, I feel like that's the biggest thing yeah um, i think that's very applicable to a lot of things those five tips that you gave as well not so much also being a trainer, but like yeah. taking those tips into life and businesses. Yeah. yeah. Very strong. Yeah, definitely. Name a sliding door moment in your life that's made you turn for left or right for a decision that is a pivotal moment. Yeah, I suppose we've already spoken yeah, about a lot say, of them. Yeah, was it? <laughs> I suppose we sort of just like, yeah, we, we sort of progressed through mm. through what we've been talking about and there was those three moments in my life. Yeah. It was the moment where, well, the first moment because I – when I left high school, uh, finished year 12, I went straight into working in a transport company. Well, yep. I, my whole year VCE, so it was called VCE in yep. Melbourne. Um, my whole VCE, I worked at a transport company. So I was driving forklifts and I did that for a few years after leaving year 12. Mm-hmm. And that sliding door moment I had then was like, I can continue down doing this, but everyone here is toxic mm. and it's negative and yeah. it's not a good environment. Or I can go and do this PT course and try and change something. Yeah. And that's what I did. Then that again, was the first one. <laughs> that was the first one. Then five years later, yeah. I got done DUI. I can continue down this path or I can join the military and really yeah. change the trajectory. Mm. And then again, COVID, that sort of changed some trajectory yeah. there. Um, and I suppose a few other things in there, not you know significant, but yeah, yeah those three things really stood out yeah. um, for me. So Absolutely. A couple of listener questions. Yeah. Um, the importance of being a dad and showing you your kids that being fit is yeah, quality. Yeah. yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, I suppose it just always having – it was seeing you – train um, mm. my wife and I um, and seeing us in the gym or going out and getting sweaty and going yeah. for a run um, it, it's just instilling you know so many values in the children yeah. you know it, it's being goal driven it's it, it's being uh, well, not routine but you know <laughs> be routine um, and getting something done and yeah. achieving something that's hard each day um, for us but yeah doing it 
in a way that's fun as well mm-hmm. uh, and getting them involved. So it doesn't have to be just in the gym, yeah. you know, riding bikes and, you know, riding yeah. skateboards and mm-hmm. running, you know, having running races. At the moment, we're doing running races in the backyard <laughs> with the little one and everyone's getting involved. Yeah. So our little one's nearly three. Yeah. And then the older ones, the oldest one's 21 and the youngest one of those is nearly 15. So yeah. they're getting involved in running races with her. So they're instilling fitness in her and they're probably not even realising it. Yeah. Crazy good, hey? Yeah, really good. Yeah, nice. The importance of Anzac Day for you. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, like for me, Anzac Day was always like when I was younger, it was just a day off. And and that sounds sad. Uh, I think before I joined the military, it's not that I, again, I, I say phony, but I felt like, you know, standing there, having a one minute silence, I, I didn't know what to think about and all this type yeah. of stuff. I just didn't have any meaning or mm. purpose behind Anzac Day for me. Yeah. I know that sounds selfish yeah. because I shouldn't be, you know, I shouldn't be thinking that way because it's not about me. It yeah. was about, you know, um, the soldiers who who were killed overseas on operations and all this type of stuff. Mm. But I was, I felt like I was very selfish back then. And again, when I joined the military, life changed, obviously. And and, and that's what I wanted it to do. Mm. Um, that's why I joined. So for me now, it, it, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, I was yeah. always like taught as a kid how important Anzac Day was. Like my grandfather's yeah. dad was in the army when he was born. Like mm. my grandfather didn't have a dad mm. for a couple of years until he yeah. came back. Yeah. And so we always got taught. Like you have to go every year and yeah, do an Anzac yeah, Day service and yeah. how important it is. Yeah. Like I had my grandfather. I, I didn't know my real grandfather. Yep. You know, I had a step-grandfather who was in the military as well. So both those were in there. But they left at such a young age that like, you know, early on, yes, Anzac Day. I, you know, there's photos of me wearing my step-grandfather, my grandfather, uh, his medals. But then it, it just got lost as mm. I got older and I became selfish and I became, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, I just couldn't think that it wasn't, you know, it's not about me back then. Uh, and then obviously it's changed yeah. over time. Obviously serving has been a big part of that. Uh, and now it's, you know, it, it's no longer about me. It's about, you know, others, you know, being in this role now, I'm fortunate enough to speak to a lot of uh, veterans who are elderly. Yeah. Um, you know, I mentioned that RSL care has uh, residential aged care facilities. Like I love speaking to the old veterans. I find it's so interesting. To yeah, speak to some of their stories are incredible. Mm. Like speaking to retired Lieutenant Colonels and all this type of stuff. Like, you know, they've all led incredible lives, you know, um, no matter what path they've taken. Um, so, you know, it, it Anzac Day for me is always going to be evolving, I think, and, and whatever I'm doing, you know, not only just Anzac Day, it's all the other events that we do, including Remembrance Day and then other events that we uh, where we held. You know, like I said to you, our program's called Andrew Russell Veteran Living. So we um, we host a, uh, uh, we call it ARVL, again, <laughs> acronym. Um, so we host a dinner on the, he, the anniversary of his death every year. So he was killed in Afghanistan in 2002 on February the 16th. So last year was his 20th anniversary. Um, every year uh, we ha- host a dinner. So again, that takes on a different meaning now. Yeah. So, so, so many different things. And like I said, it's always evolving Anzac Day. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I know you're a big Collingwood supporter. <laughs> <laughs> How was grand final day? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, we've got the tattoo I know, I there. I saw that at the start and I was like, oh, my God, I have to ask about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, 
yeah, incredible experience. <laughs> I'd be like, I've seen grand finals, 1990, 2010. I went to 2011. So just when I joined, when I just got out of training was when Collingwood made the grand final mm. and I was here in Adelaide. I'm like, oh, do you reckon I could sneak a day off and go back? And they let me. And so I went to 2011 and we lost. Ugh. Then I went to 2018 and we lost. Mm. And then this year I'm like, oh, all yeah. right, I'm going. <laughs> and we went and, um, yeah, this tattoo has been in the pipeline since mid this it's year. Like, ask my tattooist, he knows. Because um, I've asked him early on, I go, I was almost going to get it before the grandpa, but I didn't want to be that person. <laughs> you didn't want to jinx it. No, that's right. But yeah, I loved it. Do like, you want to quickly um, explain for people who are listening to the podcast, yeah. what is your tattoo that you So got? it's literally like a pie um, <laughs> with a flag in the middle of it with sauce around the flag so and it's got 23 on it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got like the Collingwood colours in the yeah, flag. Yeah, it's got the Collingwood colours. I really like that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm really happy for with it. For a Collingwood it. supporter, I just have to say, you have good teeth. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. were saying that on they're false no I'm just kidding <laughs> we were watching the final at like my parents house with like a group of friends mm, and we're like mm. I wonder how many teeth are actually in the yeah, grand final not today not many not many <laughs> it's like a dentist dream yeah that and a tattooist <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and no and a barber the, yeah, they had yeah, like yeah. the crummies haircuts yeah, yeah. there was one other thing it was like uh, something about Centrelink <laughs> it was like everyone's Centrelink payments are going the tickets yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we said that <laughs> so rude Canada love so Australia rude. in sport <laughs> yeah so rude <laughs> so good <laughs> but yeah I loved it I'm, I'm such a passionate Collingwood supporter <laughs> have you and been that, since you were a kid like being a Collingwood yeah, supporter yeah, since, yeah 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 like I said I like used to watch the 99 in grand final on repeat on VHS. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I love I love the Golden Footy Club. <laughs> so funny. And now, like the little one loves it, yeah. and I've um, switched the 14 year old. She loves Collingwood. <laughs> Her favourite player is Isaac Quaynor. Oh, of she course. She just like loves him. Yeah. And um, yeah, slowly switching the wife over from the Good Crows. Job. <laughs> no, not from the Crows. <laughs> she can be a joint citizen yeah, of both. Yeah, right, that's fine. <laughs> uh, what are you consuming at the moment, podcast, TV-wise, or books or TV shows? Oh, to be honest, like I do listen to podcasts. I listen to your podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, what do I listen to on podcasts? Uh, I listen to Two Doting Dads lately. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's been cool. Yep. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed that. I listen to We Got the Chocolates. <laughs> I don't know if you listen to that. I, I listen li- to some silly ones. <laughs> um, um, they come up on my like Instagram and TikTok all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I listen to yeah. their like, funny shorts. Oh, I just love all their dad jokes. So <laughs> they good. are good. Yeah, I, I'm a big UFC fan, so I like listening to a lot of UFC stuff. Uh, so I listen to... Yeah, just a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, TV shows. I was watching. We, what is it? Welcome to Wrexham. <gasps> I love that show. Yeah, so good, so good. Um, but I haven't really got into anything. Yeah, like I really. Like, hope I, they... I feel like I don't have the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> to I'm watch TV exactly because I'm too busy training. <laughs> but they better bring back a season three. Of Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Right. Yeah. Um, books. I'm not reading any books, even though my goal at the start of the year was to read a book per <laughs> thing. But Get into audio books now. now yeah, Spotify. I have had a few audio books. Uh, the last one I was The Happiest Man on Earth. Okay. That was such a good audio I've hit book. my um, like that. 15 hours of listening for this month. Oh, and so I have no. to, like I'm halfway through Dylan. Oh, Dylan, Dylan and Buckley. Friend. Yes, yeah, I'm halfway yeah. through his book. Yeah, I was cool. like two um, chapters through it and it's like, 
15 hours are up for the month. <sighs> You're kidding. So no, I have to wait until December. <laughs> for it to I don't know reset. if that's sad or not. No, it's not sad. Well, I was it's trying, good. like I've been listening to them while I'm training yeah, yeah, and at work yeah. at the moment. Oh, that's good. And because eh? so many podcasts are like finished for the season. Yeah, yeah, And so yeah, I got yeah, through yeah, like three in the last really? month or so. <laughs> and then they ended up being my recommendations for the podcast. So it was kind of okay. like podcast research. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think I think another book I read was like 100 uh, 100 of the best like side hustle ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it was so interesting though. So many yeah. people are doing so many cool like side, side hustles, hustles. Yeah. that are only OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, By the way, you... no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's your hashtag on that? Just What's your... I plug it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's your feet photo? <laughs> Yeah. Apparently it pays. Yeah, yeah apparently. <laughs> Who are you um, following on social media at the moment? Uh, <laughs> oh, I feel like I just mindlessly scroll yeah. and I don't really follow anyone. Um, I Actually, I, I met Dan Pronk the other day. Um, he's an ex-military, uh, yep. ex-SAS soldier. Yep. He's a doctor. Yeah. Uh, he's doing some really cool stuff in the space. Um, actually, I think I just listened to a podcast with yeah. him. He was on the guy who, the cave diver guy who saved the oh, kids in Indonesia. Okay. Yeah, he right. yeah, was yeah. on his podcast. Yeah. That was so interesting yeah, how yeah. he went from... Like, didn't know what he wanted to do, then mm. became a doctor through the army. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's such an interesting guy. I feel like I need to find this now. Yeah, so I can... yeah. So, yeah. Um, I suppose he's someone that I've been sort of following a bit. Yeah, I think he's on, he's on SAS, uh, that selection show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the, he's the doctor on that. Yeah, oh, you know good. the celebrity one. Yeah, so yeah, yeah so yeah, I've been yeah. following him. Yeah, like a like I said, I'm a, a bit of a UFC nut. He was on it, Real Risk. I'm a sport nut. Yeah. So like everything's sort of just sport. So the for podcast me. he was on was Real Risk with Richard oh, Harris. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. I have to have a listen. Oh, I'm sending yeah. it to you. So yeah. I watched him. Oh well, I heard him speak at uh, an event a couple of weeks ago, and yep. uh, at the Mesha breakfast um, for mm -hmm. Remembrance Day, actually, and oh, su such a good talk, and yeah, it just really hit home for me. So I've been following him a lot lately, oh, um, nice. which is great. So, and he he's in Adelaide, like he lives in Adelaide, so right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Been, uh, that would make sense because so does Richard Harrison, and yeah, there you he go. was getting. I knew that name sounded familiar yeah. when I when you said yeah, it. I was like, yeah. I've heard this guy. Yeah. All right, my favorite time. Five fast questions. Okay, so I have a list of questions numbered one to 20. You have to pick the number between one and 20, but it's the first thing that comes out of your mind. Okay. You literally just have to spit it out and not let her think about it. All right. All right, so your first number between one and 20, please. Well, I'm going to go with my favorite number, 16. Okay, number 16. If you won the lottery, what's three things you're spending it on? Uh, buying a house, going on holiday, they're all so superficial. <laughs> well, it's the first thing that comes to your oh, mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. One more. Uh, uh, putting a pool in the house. <laughs> in your mansion that you're yeah, buying. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Love yeah, that. Yeah. Next number. Yeah. Uh, let's go with three. Number three. If you go back to a month in your life, when, where, and why? Uh, oh, gee whiz. Um, let's go back to the grand final so I can relive I'm it again. But not even your child's birth. Well, okay, let's go back there. <laughs> okay, no, it's a twenty twenty three grandma. Twenty three. I right. think my wife knows that too. 
<laughs> well, let's go back to our wedding date, please. Okay. Let's go that. Yeah. When was the wedding? Uh, 2020 during COVID. <laughs> so, yeah, 2020 uh, we got married. So. Do you remember the date? Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So our wedding anniversary is coming up on the 4th of December. How good. So, yeah, and we both got the day off. <laughs> How good. How good. Happy anniversary yeah, for yeah. the 4th of Thank December. You. I love you. <laughs> All right, next one. Uh, let's go with 12. Okay, number 12 is your favourite actor or actress and why? Uh, just because I watched Barbie not long ago, so Margot Robbie. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Have you yeah. seen her in anything else? Uh, just her no, as Barbie. I don't, I don't think I actually see her. Do you remember her in Neighbours like 20 no, years no, ago? No, I don't, really. I kind of like remember yeah, Patchy, right. but not really. Yeah, and, and it's a bit of a joke at home. <laughs> that you like her. <laughs> no, because we went to watch... Barbie and yeah. my wife, it's like, you only watch a, want to watch it because of Margot Robbie. And yeah. Don't, don't 99% of the males want to watch Barbie <laughs> because of Margot Robbie. I had, I went to see it with my ex-friend and yeah. I was sitting next to this guy and he had the worst laugh and yeah. he would laugh at all, like everything. He yeah. literally laughed every two seconds. So yeah, it ruined right. the movie for me. Oh, so geez. now I have to go back and watch it properly. Yeah, right. Because I almost wanted to punch the guy next to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Next, next number one? would be number nine. Okay. Number nine is your spirit animal. Uh, probably just a sloth. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. But but I'm not really slothy, I suppose. So maybe yeah. I'm the opposite opposite of a sloth, like a but cheater. I just want to be a sloth. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's go with that. Nice. And That's last a want. one. <laughs> uh, let's go with number twenty. Okay, number twenty is your biggest fear. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, this is a tough one. First thing that comes to your mind, though. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to get a bit dark here. Yeah, go on. <laughs> uh, death is my biggest fear. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Um, is it because you feel like you scrape close to it so many times in the army? Or? Um, no, I think it's just something I've grown up with. I know, like this podcast, we've just been having fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, like it, it literally, yeah. Um, it, it's sort of something I've always grown up with, um, mm-hmm. and my wife knows this quite well, and yep. people close to me do. Um, yeah, that that's just something. Yeah, I like you know, it's always be like I practice, you know, mindfulness and all this yeah. type of stuff to to help it. But yeah, it's, it's definitely been something yeah. that I've sort of dealt with for a long, 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 long time. Yeah, yeah since I can remember as a kid. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting yeah. one. Maybe for another it... podcast. <laughs> Look, I'm just glad it wasn't something simple. Sorry for like... a downer. We shouldn't have ended on number okay, 20. Okay, can we just end it up on something happy? Yeah, yeah, let's go to number, let's go to number 13. <laughs> Unlucky for some. Okay, and we'll uh, we'll make it six questions just so we can finish yeah, on something yeah, yeah. higher. Yeah, good idea. Stuck on an island, what's three items you're taking with oh, you? Oh, my wife. <laughs> my little one. <laughs> uh, let's take, all right, let's take actual things. <laughs> uh, let's go with fire. <laughs> So a lighter, of yep. course, um, a spear, <laughs> yeah, and a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> so no matter what you eat, it will taste good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time coming on today. No worries. There's something like it was nice to have a different podcast talking about completely different things, but no, it was very interesting going deep diving into your life. I always knew you had an interesting one, oh, thank especially you. the pies and the Collingwood to finish <laughs> yes. it off with. <laughs> but yeah, if you were... Uh, yeah, keep going. No, thank you. No, I really appreciate you uh, having me on and, yeah. You're welcome. Keep so, kicking goals. Let's go. Can you just start another gym because I want your murals back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just, like, paint them. Yeah, I've got, hallways, like, a podcast like... room and a big white wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah you let's Just do come that. and paint me one. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Sounds good. Thank you. Awesome. Cheers.
What an enlightening guy Ricky is, hey? That interview was quite insane how he went from being in the army to running one of Adelaide's best gyms, I'd have to say. So, you know, it's interesting how life can lead you in all different directions, but you still comes back to the idea that he's helping people and it really shows how that's his passion and still is in everything he does. So yeah, what a legend of a guy. So it's reco time. So I know a lot of podcasts have this recommendation part at the end of each episode, but you know, I really quite enjoy to see what everybody is listening to and it's, you know, really helps what you're going to find to watch and listen to next. So I hope you're enjoying my recos this season, but today it is Lioness's My Journey to Glory. It's by Beth Mead. She is an Arsenal WSL player and also plays for the Lionesses, which is the English female soccer national team. Unfortunately, the English female national soccer team aren't playing in the Olympics next year, but that's another story. But it was such an interesting book how she started off her football leagues playing in the boys team and I know for a lot of people around you know my age when we found that a lot of female sport didn't have female only teams yet unless you were playing things like netball but yeah very interesting story going through her life and getting to the top of her game highly recommend if you go and read or listen to the audiobook I'll tag it in the show notes but while we're on the topic of recommendations why don't you you know, recommend this little podcast to a family, a friend, or maybe a sibling, or you know what, even your mum and dad, because we love sharing good things on this podcast. So please like, share, and subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts, because we love letting this little podcast grow. However, if you haven't noticed already, this is episode 20, and is the season final of season one. God, it's been such a wild ride making this podcast and thank you to all the guests and everybody who has helped put it together. The countless hours of, you know, producing and editing this podcast, but it's, you know, quite a little happy project that I'm loving doing on the side. So if you want to see more of it in the new year, keep listening. I can tell you now, episode one of season two is a ripper and you will want to hear it. It will be out early Jan. And keep listening, guys. I'm glad if you've lasted this long through 20 episodes this season. That's much appreciated. So for the final time of season one, have a wonderful rest of your day. Have the best week and we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye.